at least. You know, anybody who wants yeah. to embarrass me in front of anybody, the joke is on you because I'm embarrassed all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So adept at being embarrassed. Kind of my default. That- yeah, I feel yeah. the same way. Default mode <sighs> is just embarrassed. Anyway, it is so difficult to embarrass me. <laughs> so difficult. It can happen. Don't challenge us, Justin. <laughs> Don't challenge us. Hello, and welcome to Murder Husbands, an in depth episode by episode discussion of Brian Fuller's Hannibal, based on characters from the novels by Thomas Harris. We are Popsicle, a group of like-minded creators who enjoy getting together to have big conversations for big stories. I'm Lisa K. Weber, your host for today's episode. With me, as always, are my lovely co-hosts. First up, Claire Thorne, haver of a new job. Way to go, Claire. How you doing? Um, I put myself on mute, but yes, I, <laughs> I have new work and new income coming. It's delightful. Yay. Oh my God, it's so great. Yeah. Um, next up, our producer, Philip Kelly. How are you today? Well, I'm all doing all right. Thank you for asking. Next, Justin Peniston, writer of so many words. <laughs> how are you today? Um, pretty wordy that's how i am i'm pretty yeah. wordy. <laughs> we're gonna hear a lot of them i know it um and lastly my love kelly sue milano are you embarrassed today always <laughs> all right that's the crew let's get started by having philip and justin take us through a quick recap of this week's ep- episode secundo Hello, man in the woods. Is it Van Helsing? No, it's Will Graham. Will has traveled to the source, the bog from whence the demon came, Lecter Estate, and what difference does it make, Lithuania? This is a whole ass castle complete with fog machine forest, a tarn, an accompanying cemetery containing the grave of Hannibal's little sister, Misha. Will stops just in time to be almost shot by a gorgeous, badass Japanese woman hunting Lithuanian turkeys or something. She almost sees him, but he hides behind a mossy tree stump, TM, just in time. Next up, my favorite dinner scene in which Bedelia, oops, I mean Lydia Fell, is like, you're a mess and a show off and I'll have no part of this. Hannibal, uh, I mean, Dr. Fell, is like, whatever, it's dinner time. They're entertaining that punk-ass bitch Soliato, serving him human prosciutto roses and freshly picked ice atop his punch romaine. The perfect cocktails in this dude sinking to the bottom aboard his Titanic-sized attitude. Anyway, we can tell that Hannibal has the scent of Will in his nose because he's being so snotty it's unreal until finally, and so impulsively, he ice-picks Soliato right through the temple. Bedelia's like, was a bit much and yanks the ice pick out effectively killing him she then realizes she probably shouldn't have said all those things about quote finding her way out of this once the lawmen come around because she did just do a murder technically holy smokes it's the return of the jack pump up the word crawford he is alive and well and in palmero palmero ready to yell at someone uh, return luckily, return of the Jack. <laughs> return of the Jack. Come on, sorry. I have so many comments, but we have to save them till the end. <laughs> is that a song? Another song? I don't know. I think so. Uh-huh. Yes, okay, it is. Yeah. It is. All right. Uh, 
And well, uh, he's in Palermo, ready to yell at, of course, someone, as, as Jack does. Uh, luckily, Patsy is right on time. He shows him pictures of the Dimon corpse, and Jack, of course, knows the, that showmanship anywhere. Will is still trespassing at Hannibal's ancestral home and comes upon an emaciated man in a prison cell surrounded by candles that someone actually has the time to keep lit. That someone is Chio, the woman he saw earlier and former attendant to Hannibal's aunt. She tried to spin a yarn about how the imprisoned man was responsible for killing and eating Misha. Will looks at Chio like, so he made you believe his bullshit too. Hannibal very sensually bathes Bedelia and they have a chat about what he was like as a young man. He says some stuff about Mephistopheles and Faust. And then Bedelia lands a sick blow when she asks, how did his sister taste? Electric chair. We're back to the prison where our dear Will Graham, the good guy that he is, is setting the trapped man free, White Fang style. We visit Jack and Potsy again, briefly chatting in the church before cutting back quick to the prisoner returning to his prison and attacking the unsuspecting Chio, who myrtleizes him. Could have done that a lot sooner, girl. Especially since Will is basically like, that was a test to see if you were a killer and you passed. Together, they create a dead body art installation that even Hannibal would be jealous of. Finally, we're back to Hannibal playing lively piano with Bedelia, while Bedelia draws parallels between Misha and Will. They do a touch of psychologist math before deducing that in order for Hannibal to forgive Will the way he forgave Misha, he must eat him. Sounds like code for sex. <laughs> Damn, that was a fine recap, Kelly Sue. Thank you for I'm that. I'm just so happy that I knew I could count on Justin, but I'm glad yeah. that others picked uh, up the return oh, of the Jack. Oh yeah. yeah, I was I was like, oh my god, oh my god, she did that. She just did that. That's amazing. I was um, I was trying to give Phil the, the room to, to to do it to do the bit, oh. and I was like. His white ass isn't doing this. No, I'm not doing it. So I I'll, leave, I'll leave that up to you. Thank you, Justin. <laughs> Thank we, you. We don't want to appropriate things. I, I, actually, <laughs> I actually didn't pick up on it. So there you go. Oh, was, wow. Yeah. I, I, okay. That's my brain. My brain doesn't go to All music right. right away. <laughs> well, okay then. If there was, um, was Amy Grant, maybe I would. But oh, no. I, yeah, know. it's definitely not Amy Grant. I know. That's, I know. I know <laughs> right. that. Like, I would pay good money for her to cover Return of the Mac. <laughs> for real. Um, <laughs> I still don't know. I also is. like all the trademarking that you did, Kelly. Yeah. It's, um, I, I feel like there was trademarking. The tree stump trademark. Thank you. Um, <laughs> There's more where all that right. came from. <laughs> <laughs> So let's get to like, you know, discussion of this crazy episode. I kind of wanted to break it down like by the characters that are in Hannibal's orbit. Um, and so let's start with Bedelia and the nightmare that is happening in Florence. I want to talk about more this Soleato death scene because that was fucking insane and I love it every time. Um, and Claire did, so I know you've been talking about out of Africa for weeks now. Did you know this scene was coming? I mean, yeah, I did, but oh, okay. I wasn't always thinking specifically of the scene when I'm talking about out of Africa, <laughs> because I don't need a prompt to talk about out of Africa or Robert Redford. I mean, it, or, it um, came up. I certainly did not yeah. remember the scene. But and here's, so when it came up, I was like, shit, Claire, yeah. did she know this the whole time? Yeah, I've orchestrated it all. No, but, but okay, here's the crazy ass thing. And I'm so glad you asked this question right off the bat because 
after I watched this episode again last night and I was doing research for the upcoming exquisite corpse section of this, this episode, right? I discovered that the line that Chio, when she's first talking to Will and they're discussing Hannibal and she says something to the effect of like, you know, we can bear all things, all things can be born if you put them into a story. That is a quote from Isaac Dennison. It is a direct, well-known quote from Isaac Dennison. No and then, way. And then we have the hair washing scene in this episode. And then I found somebody who like did this whole like connection thing, which my favorite, one of my favorite movies of all time, and certainly my favorite like foodie movie is Babette's Feast, which is based on a short story by Isaac Dennison as well. And that's a that's a movie that is entirely about using food, getting people out of their comfort zones by using food and how that brings community together. Um, and it's, yeah, it just, it, that blew my wow. mind. I'm like, okay, so the, the hair washing scene and the Isaac Dennison like vibes I've been getting are not subtle anymore there yeah world's <laughs> been Brian Fuller on the phone <sighs> yeah yeah the... and then I then I had to go online and buy like hardcover editions of all my favorite Isaac Dennison stuff this morning so that's, that's beautiful that's what I've been doing I love that this happened <laughs> Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's an amazing like you know right. rabbit hole Something. to go but, down wow. but to speak about Bedelia like I my reaction especially on this viewing is like I am shocked at the like whiplash of the last time we saw Bedelia she was like coming undone and like trying to leave and she was freaking the fuck out mm -hmm. and then this episode the girl looks pretty together like she's like she's annoyed. Like I'm getting vibes of like, okay, she's now lived with Hannibal long enough that she's more annoyed at stuff than afraid of stuff. Like she's at that point in the marriage. Like it's the, like you just, I can't stand hearing you chew or like ice picking people at dinner anymore. So I see it as the like next step in her like escape plan where she's like, she's reached the point where she's like, okay, I can't just run. So I'm going to have to like manipulate the manipulator to look in another direction. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like she's yeah. like, she's got a plan yeah. in her head. Like she's like, okay, yeah. I know how this is going to happen. That's, now. that's how she got away last time. Which we, you know, <sighs> Hey, you're over there paying attention to Will. I'll slip out the, the side door. I mean, she's not stupid. I was just loving the I was loving the tactics hmm. like her being all like punch Romaine please like <laughs> you're so fucking predictable this is not even interesting I oh, said wow I saw the punch pick to the temple wow yeah and then she's in the bathtub drops this like what does your sister taste like and then like Homer Simpson thinks oh my <laughs> into the bathtub <laughs> I mean who doesn't like, like just who doesn't just die? I know. <laughs> like think sick burn is... and then disappear into the bathtub. With the middle oh finger up almost. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, the degree to which Hannibal seems uncertain and shook, like mm -hmm. in the first scenes with her, he's, he's, it looks like he's had a rough night. You know, it's, mm -hmm. I also incredible. read, I read, totally read the punch Romaine as Hannibal making it very pointed, a pointed thing to Bedelia, not so much to Soliano, 
um, but saying to her, hey, look, we're the Titanic. You are going to go down with me if I go down. And I'm, you know, I'm in control of all of that. But And the way he's, I mean, at the end of that scene, he's, there's a, there's a shot of him. There's kind of a lingering shot of him savoring that punch romaine. Yes. So he's, he's, he seems pretty aware of his fate as well. Yeah. Um, Justin, thoughts? Well, I, I, I do think that Bedelia, looking at the previous episode and it, with look at the previous episode now with this episode to provide context i think in the previous episode she wasn't running from hannibal she was running from the possibility that her plan might unravel before she she gets to put it into action hmm. because dimond hmm. just shown up and hmm. you know dimond was in a position to blow the whistle right and she was like oh shit you know i don't want to go to jail for what hannibal does you know so she mm -hmm. she was ready to be out then mm -hmm. um and i think the episode kind of fools us into thinking, oh, she's afraid of Hannibal. But really, I think, I mean, she is full on Hannibal Lectoring Hannibal Lecter, you know? She she's is doing her best. Pushing yeah. him with psychiatry, mm -hmm. you know, it, to do things that he maybe wouldn't have done otherwise, you know? And it, um, it, that brings me, Justin, back to a like, feel it reinforces that feeling that I have that like she's almost a split personality in the sense of like I really do think there's a, a person in her who is in love with Hannibal and wants to be with Hannibal and is just entranced by everything that Hannibal does or wants to be more like Hannibal um does she I think so because she yeah she, she certainly resists she eats the fuck out of those oysters you know, like that's like all she's eating. She's like, you know, you're not gonna fool me into eating, you know, dude prosciutto. I, I think I get that more just from her general attitude of talking of the discussions that they have and the the intimate way that they're portrayed with each other. So and I and I think her reaction to Will is in a lot of that is a jealousy of knowing that she is not that person, that she's an expendable. Um, it's interesting. And yeah. Do you think Bedelia is jealous of Will? I think there's, a, I don't think it's, a. again, I, I'm saying all of this in, in very much in the sense of like, I think she's got a lot going on. I think she is all of these things. I don't think she is one thing and not another. I don't, you know what I mean? Oh, like, I, I don't think, think she, she just wants totally to totally be jealous of Will. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think she is jealous of Will and she is, is wanting to get away and she is afraid and she is enjoying trying to be in control of Hannibal and she is in love with him. Like, I think all of those things are happening in her. Mm. I think she's well, that I, complex. I think she has a plan to free herself from Hannibal. I think, she, don't get me wrong. I think she is drawn to Hannibal like a moth to the flame. Mm -hmm. But I also think she knows that mm -hmm. and is like, I will get burned because, you know, unless I take control. Uh -huh. And then I think her and then I think sure. her head whips back around to a moment of, yeah, but I'm gonna get away from him, but then inevitably I'll be with him again. Like I just think I think she spins all the time. She's a complicated woman, that yeah. is for sure. I, I do yeah. think she's um, complicated, but I don't think she's confused. I sure. think she's very much trying to get Hannibal caught. Oh yeah. 
I think she's very much trying to do that. And sure. I don't like for me, the coming of Will only makes that easier for her. I don't see, I did not see, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I did not see jealousy of Will. Um, Cause I think she thinks of Will as a kindred spirit. Mm, sure. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. It was interesting. Yeah. Phil? Oh, this, sorry. Go oh, sorry. No, 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 please. please. I didn't Phil. mean to what were you No, say, no, Casey? you go, you go. go. Oh, okay. I was saying it was interesting this go around this watch um, to actually see the juxtaposition between these two women, between mm-hmm. Bedelia and Chio, who we're going to talk about later. Um, mm-hmm. Two women that have been part of Hannibal's life in meaningful ways and to see how it's almost like he oh what's the word I'm looking for it's like he's turned them into these cars that are on these little magnetic tracks and then he also builds the track (laughs) and then he sets them off on the track and they just keep going around <laughs> in this way until uh-huh. something knocks them off their track. Right. Like, like Rube Goldberg arriving. style. He builds like exactly. a Rube Goldberg style. Yes. Bingo. Track. So yes. anything could go wrong. Yes. But and everything's they both, supposed to go right. <laughs> but they both have an awareness that like, I'm on a track mm. and I know that what I'm doing isn't reality. But mm-hmm. I'm doing it anyway because yeah, it's it's the not wanting to get off the track. They're both totally. they're both highly intelligent women who know where they are. And I agree entirely with Justin that I don't mm-hmm. think Bedelia is confused or like not seeing things clearly. I just think she sees all of those things, right? Like yeah. I think yeah. all of those things are very strong. I, the I, picture. I, I would completely agree with that. Uh prior to Will Graham coming around. I think Will Graham knocked 100%. her off. I think Will Graham knocked her off the track. Will Graham knocks yes. everybody off the track. So well, that, yeah, that's, that's a good what, point. Kind of what yeah. he does. So, Cause Bedelia yeah. talks about that actually in like the last season is that, uh, uh, you know, it was Will Graham that kind of made her see what Hannibal was doing to her. Sure. And cause she had been in the cult of Hannibal. You know, we talked about Hannibal as a cult and in a cult you're like, you know, you're either in love, you there's reverence or there's fear. And I think hers has always been more fear-based um, than the other yes. two. There's probably mm-hmm. a little bit of the other two in there, but I think hers has always been more fear and survival-based than She's, anything else. Yeah, the Definitely. sense of self-preservation, the need for self-preservation yeah. is yeah. is kind of the strongest in Bedelia than anybody else. I think so. It, it does seem that way, yeah. What is it in Bedelia that makes you feel like Will Lott knocked her off track? Because she finds out about will say at the beginning of the episode mm-hmm. and never seems more controlled than she did oh, since I'm, they came to europe i'm talking i'm talking about previous seasons when, oh, when, when will graham see, finally came into hannibal's life i see i see, I see. was like my oh bad. shit this is what's happening to me is what she, he's you know so i'm talking about yeah. the overall video I, I see i see yeah, yeah, yeah will yeah. showing up in europe gave her a clear oh, clarity yeah, yeah well yeah. gave her yeah. clarity yeah. um it also yeah, yeah, yeah. it also gave her the opportunity to start uh, manipulating Hannibal because she sees now mm-hmm. Hannibal's in a very yeah. sensitive state. He's very <laughs> vulnerable. He's very yeah. like uh, uh, emotionally yeah. sort of on. She's oh, back man. in the therapist like, chair. Yeah. She's yeah. like he's jostled. Hannibal's like jostled, and she's gonna like yeah. push him. She's gonna she's get, absolutely yes. back in the therapist. Yes. So yeah. let's Wonderful. take that student manipulator becoming the master manipulator, and move on over to wherever Lithuania. <laughs> 
<laughs> where Will ends up manipulating Chio. Um, and let's talk about Chio, man, oh man. So um, originally Chio was like a really small character in Hannibal Rising, as was said in the recap, she was an assistant to, or an attendant to Lady Murasaki, who is Hannibal's aunt. Um, and apparently Fuller wanted, like just wanted a character that was closer in age to our murder husbands. So went with this Chio character where Murasaki may have otherwise been. Um, however, I kind of like the backstory of that character, cool, whatever, but I also just kind of want to like isolate her in this version of Hannibal. So throwing out what we know about Hannibal Rising or what we don't know about Hannibal Rising, what do we think of this character and how she kind of her place in Hannibal's orbit and, um, how she kind of like fits in with the murder husband's dynamic. Hmm. Thank you. <laughs> um, I, A, before I jump into my feelings about Chio, because Chio is awesome. Yeah. Um, I just think that it's important that it be said that Brian Fuller found Hannibal Rising to be conceptually flawed. <laughs> <laughs> and I just really enjoyed that assessment of that entire. Yeah. Record. Yeah. You didn't um, even finish reading it. Yeah. Mm. Didn't even finish it. Um, yeah. so I think that, um, what I love about the discovery of Chio and her sort of place in, um, it's almost like her place in Hannibal's like mind palace. I feel like anytime when we're at this castle, it doesn't even feel real. Like it doesn't no, feel it does like an actual place. Yeah. Um, and she's sort of there. I mean, she's literally keeping this like story alive. That's she isn't tending or caretaking a prisoner. She's actually there to sustain this story that mm -hmm. Hannibal has created. Um, and Will, like the whole thing just felt so metaphorical to me in a really kind of magical way. Like, oh, Will is infiltrating the mind palace at the yep. ground floor. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, but to see this, very composed and very like dutiful servant to him. Um, you know, and I won't talk about obviously episodes moving forward, but it was just this, it was the, for me, the next layer of like, um, this is what he does and what he creates everywhere. Like, he's not a psychologist so much as he's like, I'm going to implant a story of what your life is and that's going to benefit me in X way. Mm -hmm. And I was like, damn. <laughs> I can't um, really, sh she's so kick-ass. I'm like, who yeah, carries the that lantern on the end of, of the rifle? I know. <laughs> and that first scene of him like spotting her hunting oh. the pheasants or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like going to see like her aiming and then he goes back and it's like, she's aiming right at him. <laughs> Fucking awesome. What so a good. great introduction to this character. Like So incredible. Yeah. I'm not at all certain that she didn't see him and just like had did that in order to say kind of like yeah I see no I think you. she and absolutely was like I see you yeah yeah uh-huh yeah um he was like don't get it twisted <laughs> I'm just thinking about this or just realizing this now that she's giving me the vibe the vibes of uh 
that dude in Sandman, the like librarian guy that works for uh, Dream uh, that like yeah. keeps his shit right. together. Yeah. yeah there's a there's a vibe there of that kind of character of like there there's a loyalty yes there that is unquestionable mm-hmm. yeah but we're not always given the reason why that loyalty is so strong like why yeah. is it just like a predestination like it almost does feel like okay this person was birthed into the world to be this role and <laughs> and, and I mean, do in this thing and i think that that's, that's yeah that's kind of the case with everyone who comes into his orbit they end up being really loyal to him, whether that makes sense or not. Well, yeah, I was just starting to go there, Lisa. Exactly. No, I mean, that's, you articulated that so well, because my head was just going to like, I think that's how Hannibal sees the world. He is the God Mm -hmm. of birthing people who are just meant to be a thing in his, his orbit and serve a function. I mean, that's what we've been saying this whole time, but it just solidifies yeah (laughs) all things come together and then they solidify and we have a new planet anyway yes uh phil justin Um, she's like the first example of uh first cult member i guess and he nailed it pretty much right away right like if he was a young man when this happened and this was the first person he manipulated into being someone to you know be loyal in this sort of way i mean that's like he didn't he didn't fuck up once (laughs) <laughs> he was on his game right away uh, in, in just kind of figuring out how to, to tell these stories to people to get them to do what he wants and to, to create these fictions. Um, uh, I think I find that really interesting that he didn't need a sort of first attempt to screw up kind of well, thing. He it says just... it. He says the classic line in this episode when he's bathing Bedelia or she's like, what were you, you know, what happened to you? And he was like, nothing happened. Mm-hmm. I happened. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I'm like, yeah, Hannibal <laughs> is inevitable. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I found I found that very interesting. I think. Otherwise, I'm just getting to know this character. And so far, I, I dig her. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She's great. Reflection of even Will, and everybody's a reflection of Will to some degree. I think all of the mm-hmm. all of the uh, victims of Hannibal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Justin, thoughts on Chio? Um, I. I didn't love this introduction of the character. I like the character more, I think, as she goes on. Um, because it felt, to me, and this is, I think, just a matter of personal preference, like Hannibal seems to have no connection to her. You know what I mean? Like, Han- like she is obviously connected to Hannibal, you know, but Hannibal's never referred to her, never, you know, she's never once... You know, Misha, he's mentioned Misha. We know that she looms large. But, you know, like, Chio is is an afterthought to Hannibal. You know, like, the only, the closest thing we have to a reference to Chio from Hannibal is him saying he can't go back home. And, you know, because I can't imagine why he couldn't go back home except for that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, well, he's. I think he's maintaining that story of something traumatic happened to me back you know in the homeland and i can't go back there without revisiting that traumatic thing it's is he, it's is this... he maintaining that with bedelia i mean he's i think he maintains with it with everybody that that feels that doesn't mm-hmm. feel like enough to me i mean that's just 
I, I enjoy the character. I think she's well crafted, you know, and I, I think once they get away from, you know, the estate, she interests me more, as I recall. I haven't gone that far yet. Um, and, you know, I haven't watched this in like six years. Um, I do like that she brings this horrible thing out in Will. She brings mm-hmm. Will's inner lector out, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's something I didn't really connect with in a in a powerful way the first time I watched it, um, because like Will not only manipulating her into murder, but then setting up this crazy ass Firefly tableau, mm-hmm. you know. Um, is just like holy shit will you know <laughs> is this like he's like well hannibal comes back here before i see him i want him to know i was thinking about him. hannibal you know? like, okay. will you know? will will proves himself to be that. such a sub in this episode i was watching this and i'm like dude you are such a sub you're you're hannibal's little bitch and like that's that's what i felt this entire episode um it was it was very uh, funny sim. to me yes he is <laughs> <laughs> yes he is okay i think on that note we're gonna go to break <laughs> I, I, I definitely can't i can't improve on that point jesus <laughs> um and we'll be back in just a minute to talk about misha and murder tableaus see you in a minute Hello, fellow fanables. If you are enjoying this conversation, be sure to like and subscribe to Popsicle on Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you collect podcasts. You can also check out our other ongoing show that episode was in which we've discussed Why the Last Man and the sixth season of The Expanse, and we'll have something else coming up soon. Follow us on Popsicle Pod and um, on all social media platforms or sign up for our newsletter at popsiclepod.com for all upcoming and ongoing podcast and related information. That's Popsicle Pod, P-O-P-S-K-L-P-O-D. Thank you. Welcome back. We are going to talk about the mythical Misha Lecter. Um, her presence kind of abounds in this episode um, in all the places. Um, so, you know, by the end of this episode, Hannibal is admitting that he ate her. And he did that in part because her influence caused him to, quote, betray himself, which leads Bedelia to suggest that the only way he can truly forgive Will is by eating him. So let's talk about like that. Um, what do we think about this correlation between Misha and Will? And what do we think of this notion of consuming the ones that we love? Um, let's dive in to this thing. <laughs> um, so the first thing that pinged for me when I was thinking of Misha and Will um, and how they might hold similar places for him um is when he says she influenced me to betray myself which makes me think that she like will are the only two people that have ever 
been outside of Hannibal's sort of control or Mm -hmm. they don't, he's not able to put them on the magnetic track, right? Mm -hmm. Which we saw at the end of season two, or I saw um, in the moment that I talk about often, which is when Hannibal smells Freddie Lowndes and is like, oh shit, I just got played. Yeah. Uh, No one plays me. How dare you? Right? (laughs) And I think basically he's like, she influenced me to betray myself. And I'm like, sounds like what you're saying is she played you. Right? (laughs) And I think that that is what, I, that was the correlation between the two of them for me mm. that maybe these are the only two people that Hannibal's ever really loved and like what's more out of control and what is more vulnerable than loving something that much mm-hmm. so much so that in order for you to be able to put it away you have to eat them mm-hmm. I also kind of I mean like I I also kind of just like this concept of like the ultimate expression of love being to eat someone. Um, I, has anyone ever read the book Perfume or? Yes, seen I've seen the movie. movie I've seen the movie, sorry. Years ago. I saw the movie. But I mean, it's kind of amazing in that it ends with this scene of this character being eaten out of just mad, uncontrollable, crazy love. Um, and it's hard to explain if you haven't read the book, read the book. It's really good. But, um, I just, so the fact that it kind of comes up in this, uh, in this moment, and I know it, it talks about eating him as a way to like put it behind him. Um, but it's clearly like in regards to someone like Misha or someone like Will, it would not be eating a pig. It would be eating the thing that you love, and like, that's fucking wild. <laughs> Does anyone else want to weigh in on that? <laughs> well, I think it feels to me like by suggesting that, you know, Misha caused him to betray himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and arguably, Will can be said to have done the same thing to Hannibal. And... um. Hannibal's decision to eat her I think is not so much an act of love as a way I think it's because Hannibal is not prepared to have peers Hannibal holds himself Mm. above everyone else and he cannot hold himself above Misha and now cannot hold himself up against uh, above Will Mm. and I think Chilton says at one point earlier in the season, or earlier in the show, rather, you know, that cannibalism is an act of dominance, you know? And I think his need, like, to... He doesn't see other people as his peers. I mean, he's made that abundantly clear. He said that even to, to Eddie Izzard. But I think that he sees, like... The only people he could truly love are people that he actually sees as peers, as equals, as on his level. And that weakens him. He it leaves him vulnerable to their their manipulations. And he can't have that. Oh, so, so he will consume that power. So he consumes by them. I think it's an them. act of, you know, elevating himself above them. Mm-hmm. I, I can see the consumption as being an act of love, but only when that act of love is dictated by narcissism. 
where you don't mm. see where you're not expressing a healthy sense of love in the fact that you're I, seeing someone else for who they are and loving and appreciating that thing. It, I, it, I it, hear is, that. it is a love of like, okay, I'm only seeing you through my, the lens of myself. But he's also like, he's then treating them the way he treats everyone else. That's an act of love to like, if you love somebody, you don't then treat them the way you treat everyone. I don't think Hannibal has one reason for eating people. Yeah. I I think think he's eaten people because he appreciates and wants to, you know, like the, the muralist, I think he had one reason for eating him. And I think he had a different intent for eating, um, uh, Abel Gideon. I think I, I see different intents in his food Mm-hmm. I, I do too i mean so, yeah I, I i don't think we can say across the board he's always eating people because he doesn't always he intention. doesn't always even quote eat the rude like he eats mm-hmm. the muralist but that he didn't think the muralist was rude right like there he's not mm-hmm. always acting out of the same motivation i guess no that, that's true i mean but he does see himself as above the muralist oh. i mean when he, he says himself he's above, looking up yeah when he says you're looking up at God, he's literally, that's literally after us seeing him looking down upon him. You know, that's, right. that and is that's, very much his, his choice to consume people is a statement of, right. I am better than you. I am right. above you. I and am above I, you on the food chain. And that's and what I, I'm saying in terms of saying, okay, he does, he does, can do this out of a sense of love, but it is a love that is filtered through that ultimate narcissism. Well, oh, yeah. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, like, if you take the same act and say it means multiple things, it's impossible to know what his relationships ever are if he chooses to eat somebody. Do you know what I mean? Like, that doesn't, you know, if you take away that connective tissue, it makes the symbol mean less. I don't think, I don't think I'm taking away connective tissue. I'm just making it a bit more complex than just a thing i think you can discern what he means you know i think hannibal articulates what his motivations are almost always he's uh, he's you know in the case of like eating someone when they're still alive and in front of them he's telling them why he's doing it they're having a discussion about it i think i think he telegraphs it pretty well but (laughs) anyway yeah that's all he doesn't telegraph his own feelings no, but he he likes when to he talk t- about he talks his motivations. To when he talks to Abel Gideon, he's not really saying, you know, except for one statement, and it's basically just to correct Abel Gideon, you know, he doesn't say, I'm doing this because I think I'm better than you. Do you know what I'm saying? He never, he says, at, at one point he says, when Abel Gideon refers to himself as his peer, he's like, you're not my peer. You know, <laughs> like, but mm-hmm. I don't think that when he is, when he's talking to people, he's talking about what they're feeling. And why they found themselves in this mess through their own behavior. But he's doing that. I will say in, I will say he does that with Abel Gideon. He doesn't do that with just anybody. He does that with Abel Gideon in, in the whole sequence where he's doing that with Abel Gideon. The subtext is he's looking for a connection. Hmm. That's what Abel keeps bringing up, essentially Mm -hmm. saying you're a lonely man. That's why I'm here. 
Mm-hmm. And you find my conversation more stimulating than anyone else you can have a conversation with while eating. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah. um, Phil, I love it. what are your thoughts uh, on um, eating the rude or eating people for other reasons? <laughs> I, I, I mean, I have to say that was one of the most interesting back and forths I've heard in a while between Dustin and Phil. <laughs> That was uh, that was really good. I I I mean that genuinely. It was. Uh, Did you come down on one side or the other? Um, I mean, I I think he does funnel everything through his narcissism first, and and the fact that he's better. And I I I found I find Justin and Claire almost on the same. I feel that I I I heard them more agreeing than disagreeing. I was going yeah. to say when I, don't I was listening. Feel like to that. I don't I, like, I don't feel Justin. it's that far. I don't feel it's that far apart. We're essentially like, saying the same thing. Similar, yeah. similar, you know, area. Sometimes we, the... sometimes we as a group debate very heavily over whether to add a, an aspect, <laughs> <laughs> something that's like, thematic or not. Yeah, like, I, is that valid? And I love that about. I think us. I think there are nuances in what they were saying that are different, and 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 you know, you know splitting hairs and stuff. But I, I think mainly, like, I think, yeah, I, I can agree with most of what both both of them were saying. Um, yeah, it was really fun. It's a lot to unpack. Uh, sure is. <laughs> this show, I mean, it's it's a little bit to unpack in yeah. pretty much every episode. Yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> I mean, I I really like watching this episode. I really am. I don't think moved is the right word, uh, but I really found it interesting to see Hamilton. Uh, Hamilton. There, Hamilton? I, did, I did it this time because I'm back at work because I'm back at the Pantages. I actually did it this time. Uh, Hannibal. Uh, he he was in the first couple episodes. He was like, I got my shit together. I don't need a Will Graham. I got my, it's me. I'm riding my motorcycle. You know, I'm looking all cool. And, you know, I got my bullshit together. And, and uh, uh, the minute he sees Will Graham, he does not have his shit together. Like he is not okay. He is not over His the relationship shit is not and, together. and he is flailing and he's like emotionally unhinged. Um, and I love this. I love the sequence where he stabs the guy in the head with the ice pick. Cause he's just, uh, that may have been so, impulsive. Yeah. He's so emotionally, <laughs> yes. his, his life is emotionally disrupted by the appearance of Will Graham again. It's the um, most humorous representation yeah. of Hannibal, and like, it's deli- it's so like delightful. Those, that, I texted yeah. you guys after watching it in ninety seconds because I was aghast, <laughs> I was disturbed, I laughed, and then I cried mm-hmm. when Jack showed up. And those oh, were like ninety mm-hmm. seconds of just like emotional amazingness, um, yeah. because you get to see where Hannibal is at as a character. He's destroyed. Like he's not, he's not in a good place. And I, I think, mm-hmm. you know, when we talk about like Misha. And Will, I mean, both like we see Will trying to change Hannibal in that, you know, we, we hear Will say, no, I did change you, right? I did do this thing that ultimately altered who you are and I upset and unsettled you. And um, with the, the line that we've been talking about with Hannibal, uh, about how Misha affected him, I mean, I think I might be creating my own story into this because I don't know much about their past, but I mean, Misha could have been trying to be a good influence as Will may have been trying to be inadvertently like this influence that almost bettered Hannibal uh, or, or, you know, and when you, when you try to take the one thing I love about Hannibal is that he is who he is and he's fully accepting of that. Right. Mm-hmm. And he tries mm-hmm. to, through his 
point of view to get people to be who they are. That's what he's been trying to get Will to do. Obviously, that's filtered through his narcissism and the way he sees the world. But the minute somebody tries to take away who Hannibal is, he fights back. And and I'm part of me is curious is if Misha was almost an influence on Hannibal that was trying to take the evil elements out of him that Hannibal would not let go of. Um, uh, so I, I like I I don't know. That's just a guess on my part, but um, I do find that theory interesting. Very, yeah, and it's all it's all open for. Yeah. I feel like I feel like these kind of moments with Misha, with Chio, and all these things are very open to interpretation. I think yeah. that's. I mean, at least it, it to me it feels intentional. Mm-hmm. Like you can kind of take what you like. Yeah. Need from this. Hannibal, um, stop eating that puppy. No, I won't. I'll <laughs> eat you instead. You know. How dare you make me <laughs> not be me? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, um, I am going to move this conversation on over to Claire, who is going to take us through this week's exquisite corpse. I will, which I find a little bit ironic that I landed on doing this particular exquisite corpse because in past viewings of Hannibal, this is this particular scene has always confused me or like I've always felt like I didn't quite understand what Will was trying to do. Like what message exactly is he sending and to whom? Um and I thought, so I, you know, I, I would very much needed to like go on the internet and go, okay, what do other people think about this and what has been said about this particular tableau? And I was really amused by the fact that there's people who's like, oh, he turns him into a firefly. Oh, he turns him into a dragonfly. Oh, it's a butterfly. And, and then, Moth, you know, it's something, something yeah, it's whatever. And, and then the realization that it is visually at least very um evocative of the symbolism of the death's head moth in silence of the lambs you know and that's a very clear um symbol of you know like the chrysalis the fact that jamie gum um put a chrysalis in people's you know esophaguses esophagi no esophaguses anyway throats thank you (laughs) (laughs) thanks justin (laughs) um oh did you say throat (laughs) (laughs) i thought you just that was great gross (laughs) gross gross um you know it's a symbol of becoming and change and is it just will saying hey i'm ready to be a thing did he feel like he was giving something to this like I love the fact that this guy like is just referred to as the caged man um poor guy I mean no not poor guy but still good lord this poor man so yeah I'm just kind of interested in everybody else's take on this tableau because it it this has been one of those episodes where I'm like I have felt like over and over as I watch this, that I'm not understanding everything I need to understand out of this particular scenario and what, what all goes into it. I mean, we see the snails, like we've learned 
what the snails mean to Hannibal. And we see Will in the forest where he does see a firefly. And for some reason, that's a like really important visual as well. Yeah, that Maybe firefly sequence is always like, what? what's going on I feel like it goes to like what um was it Kelly Sue was saying earlier that it's like this place isn't even real like this is like we're in a fantasy place because it becomes so like weirdly magical and like it's like you're going into this whole will of the wisp quality mm-hmm. which yeah. makes you think you're like in fairy yeah you know, in fairy dark, yeah like dark fairy yeah. tale yeah, dark that Disney you've movie. crossed over into fairyland and yeah. you know and you know this show has a lot of noir elements period you know and this fits into the whole dreamy oneric mm-hmm. fantastical essence of the show so mm. yeah. well and if um, there could be anything like more heavily built on the idea of being in transylvania <laughs> you know it's just it's so like the, the kelly synopsis kelly Sue's synopsis was dead on with the whole mm-hmm. van helsing kind of like <laughs> yeah. it's just I mean, amazing and it's so it wasn't hard to be and, yeah um, kind of hitting you over the head with it <laughs> um, a couple things um, I do see, and you know, and I also read online the whole, you know, death's head moth, silence of the lambs motif connection there. Um, mm-hmm. I play this game on my phone called June's Journey, and it's one of those, you know, find the hidden things in the picture. Ooh, I love yeah. those games. I love those. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that is used frequently in the game is a dragon is a dragonfly or a horsefly like a dragonfly mm-hmm. you know and so i immediately saw a dragonfly when he was hoisted up there like that mm-hmm. um and that brought me back to also the fact that we are shown um the family crest has a serpent on it mm. um and in the books it's actually a serpent consuming a man like a dragon and so i just thought it was a further connection that whole dragonfly dragon mm-hmm. Mm-hmm serpent you know i you know it's it's a bit of a circuitous route but that's what i saw hmm. um and uh the plural of esophagus is esophagi thank you oh, <clears throat> we know appreciate that just oh i right. definitely looked it up while we were, <laughs> while we were I, I don't want to come off like i was there you know i said throat font of facts know. justin <laughs> Yay, welcome. Um, <laughs> once again beautiful um Philip, did you uh, have anything to add that? You know, I, 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 this goes back to my kind of jokey thing earlier about Will Graham being kind of a sub. Uh, is that uh, the closer he gets to finding Hannibal and sort of entering Hannibal's world again, the more he's like, "This is how I'm going to express myself the way Hannibal does, uh, in my own way, to show him that I can be my own person in the same sort of way." You know, I mean, it's this weird sort of x power play kind of thing uh where you know you're like i can be my own man that you taught me how to be (laughs) well i mean he says to chio like he feels like he knows himself better he does with hannibal and that's how that's how abusers that's how people who've been abused speak yes yeah um so so, it it tracks that he's like this is me expressing myself in the way hannibal (laughs) showed me how to express myself exactly and it's this weird sort of like they they both think they're so clear from each other's paths and they are 
they are so and and will gets it in the, one of the previous episodes where he like sees the skin stag come after him and he's like well i guess hannibal's oh, still yeah. inside me Ooh, yeah know, i don't think of. either one of them has any illusions about right. how mm-hmm. you know how sprung they are on each other well how oh, for into, sure how inside nice. each other I, they are i, I, nice. I do i do think though that it's funny that every time they think they're doing something that shows who they are they're actually still not showing who they they're still showing their sort of intertwinedness um right I, that's not a word i don't care um it's, it's, we get it, it. I yeah like it. yeah i think it's a great new word it's a great new word um word. so that's that's what i have to say and you know that you know you pick that. you pick like a, a dragonfly or whatever firefly or moth that means sort of rebirthing itself and taking flight and uh, all those fun things I, you know very good. Well, I'm just going to leave us with the last little, like, really interesting tidbit I got in reading about death's head moths, um, mm-hmm. because it is used so, like, blatantly and specifically. Um, the scientific name for the species is Atropos lachesis sticks. Um, and those words, two of them, well, all of them come from Greek myth. And Atropos was a member of the three Morii, Morai, yeah, the, 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 the goddesses mm-hmm. of fate, yeah. um, who cuts so the yeah cuts the threads of life of all beings. The second mm-hmm. um, uh, Lachesis, I, I have no idea if I'm saying that right, but anyway, the second is the second Moira who allots the correct amount of life to a being, and then of course the last one is the you know the famous river of the dead the river sticks and i just think that that's interesting yeah Ah. that is interesting that is interesting um nerd facts they're interesting cuts cuts your thread right yes yeah right yeah that cuts the thread of life i can't remember what the third one is oh well yeah um good stuff that's really good stuff also will graham is very good with his hands yeah he put that thing together um, in like an hour or two together like pretty quickly and yeah. it seemed like he didn't really break a sweat no so no. yeah well and he was using like broken wine bottles right yeah. like uh-huh. so he didn't yeah. cut himself either like yeah. he's yeah and he straightened and that- he straightened the circular pieces of glass too which is amazing mm-hmm. yeah. isn't that <laughs> incredible yeah. and it's like it, and it was like it was it was interactive like yeah. you know yeah. the wings oh yeah the like, fact yeah, that yeah, it was like, like, like it some engineering yeah, skill all, going on yeah there. he's definitely got the engineering stuff you, i think you have, to, you, have to, you have to be in magic pretentious <laughs> you have to be in magic pretentious fairyland to be able to do shit like that i think yeah <laughs> um all but, right yeah i'm raising my nerd hand i'm sorry the third oh, mori is clotho who spins the thread of human life right. yes as soon as you said it, it as soon as you said it i knew what it was (laughs) as soon as you said it i recognized it that's all just just, i knew that i'd heard it before beautiful (laughs) all right and with that last bit of factoid i'm gonna send it over to kelly sue for the recommendation this week what you got for recommendation is gonna completely blow your mind Okay, let's hear it. Uh, Isaac Dennison's bibliography. Uh, no. (laughs) Shorter and not that. (laughs) Um, my recommendation is actually Dracula, but the mini series on Netflix. Ooh. Um, this was a BBC presentation of Dracula starring Clyde's Bang as the Count. Um, 
it's a really interesting retelling of Dracula. The ending goes totally fucking off the rails, but up until then, it is a lot of fun, specifically the middle episode. And it's BBC style. So each one of the episodes is like kind of the length of a movie, like Sherlock. Um, it's it's so fun. Um, and you first can't two really- are amazing. The first two episodes are insane. Um, they're so great. Um, again, the third episode, you're like, um, <laughs> uh, I see what you tried to do. <laughs> so but I'm going to, yeah. I, I'm going to watch it this time. I watch admit it. I have been avoiding it and you know, yeah. I'm obsessed with all things vampire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, but I've been avoiding this cause I'm like, I don't know. Oh, it's a blast. You it's a blast. Have, yeah. I'm yeah, going to go with it. your recommendation. I'm going to watch the, it. It's the creator. Thinking, it's the creator. Of Dracula is yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. So great. He's so, so great. great. He's so so good. And it took me a minute because as we all know, everybody on this podcast and likely anybody who's been listening for any length of time, my Dracula is Gary Oldman, period. Yeah, like, of course. The end. Yes. Forever. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I sat down and I was like, hmm. mm-hmm. well, I, See, I think that's, I think you. that's me too. I think I'm yeah. also, I've oh, got you're the Gary Oldman. Fall, going you're going to fall yeah. so hard in love with this guy. I've All been right. meaning to He's watch great. it again. I've been meaning to watch it for the first time as well because yeah. of the casting of uh, the girl that plays Mina in that show. Yes. She is she is the Galadriel in the yeah. upcoming Lord mm. of the Rings series. So I'm oh, interested yes. in seeing her do stuff. Her she work. does a great, she does a really great job with some clunky stuff. <laughs> 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 mm. All right. It's great um, though. Please, you, you, I'm so excited for y'all to watch it. It's great. All right, uh, we'll we'll put it up Let's on the it. popsicle text thread when we get going. Yes. On it. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So that. Thank you for that recommendation first. Of course. And then that wraps up this discussion of this episode. So we're gonna leave you. <laughs> with all of this to ruminate on until next Tuesday when we discuss season three, episode four of Hannibal Aperitivo. Um, You can always help us by subscribing, sharing, and leaving a nice comment. Until next time, buon appetito. This has been a Popsicle Podcast production.